0: Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santorelli. Welcome to another episode of Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. You know, about a year ago, I did an episode on the blockchain and real estate and how those two things are connected and interact. Well, it's about a year later, You know, if you think about it, like the original internet, the blockchain is a revolution in technology that will touch all people and all businesses. And for many real estate investors and professionals, this is part of the brave, new, and confusing world of technology. In its most simple sense, the blockchain is a series of computers, thousands to potentially millions of them, that each keep the same record of an event or transaction in a ledger that is open to the public. Each one of those records is encrypted, which means it's all scrambled and it cannot be read without the right key. And the ledger is virtually hack-proof. Since all these computers see the same thing, they offer consensus that the recorded event or transaction is valid. The most important value of the blockchain is that it allows two or more parties to interact with, say, a financial transaction with no middleman. That's quite amazing if you think about it. What makes the blockchain universal is how it can be implemented for just about any kind of transaction, record-keeping, or an agreement between one or more parties. From an asset management or an investment perspective, to operating and managing companies, blockchain technology could potentially have a profound impact on real estate. And that can be seen by the number of companies that are already emerging, in fact, over the last year, with their feet firmly planted in blockchain. I mean, there are publicly traded companies that are raising capital for blockchain technology. So there are opportunities for blockchain in many facets of real estate transactions, including property and title searches, financing, leasing, purchasing, selling, doing due diligence, managing cash flows, payment systems, payment management, cross-border transactions, new definitions of property ownership and rental contracts are going to arise from all this, and there's going to be a shift in the way real estate and real estate business is conducted in this country. So today on this episode, I brought in a person who I've met just not too long ago based in Australia, who specializes in blockchain, blockchain technology and teaching people about blockchain and blockchain technology and trading. So with that, we're going to have him on here in just a few seconds. So just stay tuned for that. All right, it's my pleasure to welcome Craig Cobb to the show. Craig is the founder of Trader Cobb, a cryptocurrency trading and training firm based in Melbourne, Australia. I hope I got that right. If not, he'll correct me here in a moment. He has been a trader, an educator, and a market commentator since 2007. Craig is also a globally sought-after international speaker on the topics of financial markets, cryptocurrency, entrepreneurship, and, of course, trading. He's also the host of the top ranked show, the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. With that, Craig, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. And hello to all the viewers and listeners.
1: I'm in Sydney, not Melbourne, but we are an Australian company and it's fine. I love
0: hearing it the way you say Melbourne. <laughs> hey, what can I say? It's the Canadian me, maybe? Well, I apologize about that. So you're actually in Sydney. I'm in Bondi. Yeah, Bondi Beach. So my understanding is it's a very, very expensive market. The market here is insane.
1: We are seeing it cool a little bit at the moment, which is it's really needed because the higher we go, the harder we form. We see that in many markets around the world. And yeah, I mean, I was just sort of talking pre-show about buying a 550 square meter block with a little house on it in Bondi Beach is upwards of three and a half million dollars. Then you've got to put a couple of hundred thousand in just to renovate it. Now there's no ocean, there's no pool, there's no nothing exciting. That's the reality of Sydney right now.
0: That's insane. That almost makes San Francisco, California sound affordable. (laughs) And that's not the case. San Fran, is it Toronto as well? It has got a wild property run as well. I think San Fran, Toronto
1: and Sydney, but Sydney other than, I think it's Hong Kong most expensive globally per square meter. Then Sydney, I think is second.
0: Yep. Toronto is definitely very, very expensive. Vancouver, Canada, very, very expensive. San Francisco, London, yes, you're right. Hong Kong, Sydney, definitely. I mean, some of these major international cities are unbelievably expensive. I don't know how anybody can afford real estate there. It seems like it's more of a speculator's market than anything else. Australians love property, man.
1: The baby boomers have done extraordinarily well, and they hold property, and the property keeps going up. It's like any market dynamic. If there's not much supply and the really high demand, we see the market move. We've seen that over the last decade where property prices in Sydney alone have more than doubled in less than 10 years. So it has been a wild, wild ride. And yes, the next generation of
0: pretty much, we've got a generation of renters,
1: unless we can find another way. And we're working on
0: that. To say that is unsustainable is an understatement. You just can't appreciate that much for that long and expect there to be any significant amount of affordability. So I just see a very, very big correction coming in a lot of these markets. I couldn't agree more. I mean, Again, you know, coming back to
1: history repeating itself, when you look at Ireland, you look at Spain back when they had their massive falls. I mean, lending in this country, is, it's much more regulated. So it's not as easy. I remember when I was living in London, during this period, I was getting phone calls left, right and center there. Barclays Bank, HSBC were just trying to give me money. Hey, here, have a million, have two million. I'm like, I, but I don't want two million pounds. That's not what I want. I don't need it. I don't want it. Well, go and buy a house, but I don't want to go and buy a house right now. I, it's not the right time for me to be buying. And sure enough, soon after that, we saw markets have that big tumble. Now, London, being that it's one of the global centers for finance and business and sort of center of Europe, hashtag center of the world, (laughs) it has retained its value quite well, such as New York as well, being one of those major cities. But yeah, I think we're one crisis away here in Australia from having a proper correction. And that could just be something as simple as jobs diminishing and people not being able to afford their mortgages. That little tiny step, and we're going down
0: hard. Right. One thing I forgot to mention is that you are also in the lending space. So you provide what we call in the U.S. essentially hard money loans and sometimes bridge financing. You're also in in that capital space. So let's start off by you telling us a little bit about yourself. Give us some of your background, what you do, what your businesses are, so people have a better perspective of where you're coming from. Yeah, sure. That's That's a good point. I started trading. I started buying
1: stocks when I was 16, very, very young, through the help of my dad went to London started trading learned to trade there worked with some amazing mentors all over the world London New York New Zealand Australia you know been to Hong Kong all over the place working with some phenomenal traders and for the last eight years I've kind of stuck to the same three trading strategies and I use literal checklists because for me I'm an outgoing person and I'm a bit spontaneous I like to have a good time but the problem is is that if you bring that into the markets the results are guaranteed terrible because I've, I've blown out three accounts myself in the other day so um, basically, been working with big corporations for the majority of the time as a you know, third party, not working for them, but contracting to them. The likes of ICE, TradeStation, CMC Markets, RGO Futures, a, a number of the big names, creating content, helping them with their education systems and whatnot. I've also been involved in, like I said, a few years back, I got into and started a company with a friend of mine called Park Edge Capital. And that's an Australian-based company, again. And we do basically short-term lending. What did you call it? What was the hard money? Hard money loans. So we offer short-term funding facilities and also a joint venture facility as well for those that might not have the cash available at hand for them straight away, but would like to take on certain projects. My dad's been a builder developer So it's been in my blood my whole life, and that's sort of how the property mixes into it. Now, I've worked in the cryptocurrency and blockchain spaces where my big focus is now. We have the TraderCobb.com website, which is to educate people on how to trade. Basically, I teach my checklist trading system so they've got some structure to go into the market. And it's not just about trading strategy. It's about routine, record keeping. I'm kind of teaching people how to run a trading business as opposed to just sit there clicking buttons and hoping for the best. We've got a media company in the space and related news, and we're working on a few other projects as well. So property, definitely part of what I do. The trading, of course, the education, and the media side of it as well. So we've got our hands full.
0: Yeah, well, that's great. So you understand a lot about blockchain technology and the cryptocurrency space, and you trade it. And we both clearly see that blockchain technologies are penetrating their tentacles into the real estate space. I guess I would like to start with the kind of basic building blocks, and that is this. Blockchain as a technology, without question and undeniably, is an ingenious invention. Anybody who understands it realizes that. And it's not the same as cryptocurrency or what we hear as like Bitcoin and this and that. So break it down in simple terms. What is the blockchain? Well, you pretty much said it. You said the building blocks. I mean, that's what it is.
1: Picture blockchain as building blocks, all right? So the thing with building blocks is that you can take a building block off. When something goes onto the blockchain, i.e. you put a building block on, that can never come off the blockchain. Now, don't think of that as a negative thing. Don't think of that as, oh, you know, things like like a social media photo or something. Oh, maybe that shouldn't be up there. It's not like that. If I was to, say, have my business information on the blockchain, and let's say, you know, one of these data mining companies, maybe like Facebook, Obviously, they do mine a lot of our data. We know that. And then they on-sell it. Now, if it's on the blockchain, I can decide where that goes. Now, once I put my information on the blockchain, it can't come off, but I can amend it. I can change it. So it's an online distributed ledger where you can add to it, but you can never take it away. This is what creates a trustless society, so to speak, because you can't cheat the system. So once something goes on, It stays there and there is a verification process that allows us to know that it happened. And that's why it's doing a lot of really big things, not just in property, but in most sectors, especially if you talk about something like a freight, no longer will you lose your freight because you know exactly where it's gone and exactly what's happened. And there's no human error. It's a trustless online distributed ledger.
0: So I think with blockchain technology, it's going to be similar to the internet where It'll be so commonplace that you actually forget that you're using it. It's just there. It's not even a matter of turning it on and off. It's just always there. And there's a lot of information about how blockchain is going to transform real estate. How do you see the real estate industry benefiting or using blockchain technology?
1: First of all, I'd sort of add to what I said about blockchain and just say that just the same as with your car right? You turn the key. If you're not a mechanic, you don't really know how the car works. Well, you know, there's an engine and there's pistons and all whatever, unless you drive a Tesla and I've got no idea how that works, but I'm happy about it. You don't need to know how the engine works. Okay. You just need to know what it's used for. And this is a really good analogy for blockchain right now is that, look, it can be quite complex and trying to understand the way it actually goes about, but you know what? Forget it because you don't need to know exactly how the blockchain works unless you want to build a project using blockchain, which you may do. Now, how is blockchain and real estate going to, or how is blockchain going to change the way real estate operates? This is very exciting. It's already happening for a start and through the use of security tokens. So a security token is like, a me, rewind. Currently, there's tokens that are listed on a market, on an exchange. Now, you buy this token, but you're not buying equity into that particular company. You're buying a token that is associated with something with that company. So you own no equity. A security token, you actually are owning part of whatever it is that is being securitized. So the way that's going to help with real estate, great example is in, I think it was October of last year, there was an 18 million US raise for a chunk of a hotel in Aspen. Now, this company did a crowd raise, raised from accredited investors in the US, 18 million, and they went and bought this share of this hotel. Now, the beautiful thing about this is A, it opens up an entirely new market because if you were to buy this hotel, it's 250 to 300 million, right? So I can forget about it right now. Maybe you can't, I'm not sure. But for me, I'm out of that market. I'm not going to go and spend $300 million on a hotel in Aspen. But I might put 50 grand into it if I have the opportunity to do that. So for one, it gives us access to markets that might previously be out of our range. So we can have a more diverse property portfolio, a global portfolio. Two, one of the biggest issues with real estate is that it's so bloody liquid. As we spoke of earlier, you might be sitting there on, you know, after the costs of holding the property, your tenants, whatever it may be, renovations, whatever the costs are, then you've got to sell it on your capital gains, you're paying your taxes, your fees to your estate agents, your advertising, yada, 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 even if you've still got a big chunk of profit there. Because of the absolute rigmarole you've got to go through to sell it, you might not make the decision to sell it. It was probably the right decision at the time, but because of the process, you might not have sold it. If it's a security token with a liquid market of buyers and sellers, you can sell half of that now, the second you want it. So it allows you to make your portfolio more liquid, therefore to be able to move into other asset classes and build a truly liquid real estate property portfolio. And I think that is really where it's going to transform real estate in a big,
0: big way. So tokenization is what you're talking about. And that splits assets into tokens that are ultimately stored on the blockchain. But what you're also describing, it sounds like syndication or securitization of an asset. So instead of having corporate shares or membership units in a limited liability company, or what you call a limited company in Australia or Canada, you're essentially buying shares or units of interest. Now, wouldn't that be considered a security? Wouldn't that be considered something that falls under the jurisdiction of like the SEC? Yep. And that's why it's so brilliant because it is regulated.
1: So a security token is by the name, as it justifies, it's a security Now, you can get dividends from that. So let's say you've got a high yielding, like with the Aspen property that I was talking about, of course, they're renting out rooms for X each night. You're going to get a yield from that, okay? Now, it's under securities law, which gives it that level of credibility, which is what we want. It gives it that regulation as well. So in the past, they've not been regulated, many of these tokens. And because of that, there's been some nefarious dealings that have gone on, and there's been some people that have lost some money. And for a big part, it's given a lot of people that might have been sitting on the fence about these blockchain and crypto asset markets, they might have thought, well, I don't really know enough about it. I'm going to leave it alone. With a security-based token, especially with something like real estate, which is where a lot of these security tokens are starting to focus on because they're just a match made in heaven, it's giving credibility into a tokenized economy. And it's going to be the way of the future. And it, it really sets the stepping stones. And look, it's going to take some time for that really to take off. It took a bit of time for the incident. Look at the first people that were involved. Look how well people did that had the foresight. We're still very early on, like at the dawn of time, as far as this industry goes. And it's got a big, big future.
0: My friend, MC Lobsher, the host of Cashflow Ninja podcast and president of Producers Wealth is on a mission to help you achieve financial independence as soon as possible. He achieves this by integrating the infinite banking concept and real estate investing, To increase your financial efficiency and recapture cash flow that you're not even aware you're losing, MC shares the number one strategy investors use in his holistic wealth creation course at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Well, securities usually take some sort of licensing to be able to trade, not necessarily to buy, but what kind of regulations are going to fall into place here? Because if I'm Joe average six pack, (laughs) whatever they call the average Joe, and I have a portfolio of like three houses, six houses, 12, whatever. How do I take advantage of tokenization? How do I use the blockchain to, say, liquidate 10% of my holdings because I want to use or liquidate those funds to invest in something else? like Maybe I want to put it into crypto or something.
1: It's going to be syndicates, I would believe. So... Let's talk about like, obviously, you've got a big audience. You've taught a lot of people, have a lot of property through your teachings and they're doing well with it. I'm I'm hoping you know what you're doing and you're good at teaching it. So let's say that within your syndicate, you've got 100 properties in 30 of the states across the US, all right? You've got 100 people that opt in to be a part of this tokenized economy that you're going to create, you're going to run, you're going to manage and your properties will be in there as well. Now, what you can do is you pull them all together and then you go and create that company, take it, get the correct licensing and everything you need to within your jurisdiction to then list that token on an exchange. Now, what you've also got to do, that there's got to be a marketing drive in there as well. Of course, you've got to let people know about it. I mean? Like, You've got to make sure that people are aware that this market exists, that your offering is available and what differentiates your offering. You know, Maybe you've got 30% of properties in this particular area, which is a really high growth area. Or maybe you've got a more percentage over here in a high yield area. So you've got to work out what type of investor you're looking for as well. And you've got to build that business around it. But the core starts with a grouping of properties, the business entity, then the marketing to let people know it's available. Then people start to come into that project, start to buy and sell. And there you go. You've created a market within your existing portfolio or your group of people with their portfolios. And now it's a liquid asset class. And look, the other beauty of it is, it is your investors or your people putting their properties in, they'll probably trade within themselves as well anyway. Because what they want to do is like, okay, now they put a couple in to make sure it works. They might go and liquidate some of their properties to buy the tokens now. It might just continue to spiral and grow. It brings a totally new market in. You've got a 25-year-old sitting in Wisconsin right now who has $5,000, is really interested in investing in property, might be getting minimum wage and a couple of tips. And he's thinking it's just not going to happen for a long, long time. This tokenized property in this example allows this individual to go, okay, well, I can get onto the property ladder. I just have to do it in a different way. You don't have to own the entire house. You can own a part of it. Just like you don't need to buy an ounce of gold. You can buy a little bit of it. You don't need to own a whole Bitcoin. You can buy a fraction of it. That's the new market. That's how it works.
0: And you just got to let people know it's available. So I'm just thinking this through and taking it like three steps ahead of what you're talking about. Marco coin. Yeah. (laughs) So theoretically speaking, you could have one client who is rich in cash and some securities. I have two clients who have a portfolio of 10 properties each. All three of those clients or students or investors could liquidate in whole or in part of that portfolio by tokenizing it. And the three of them could literally exchange a percentage of their ownership with each other to further diversify not only the asset class, but the portfolio that they have geographically or otherwise. Correct. Interesting. Here's the beauty of it. Because of the way the
1: smart contract works, things go on that don't come off. You don't have to go and pay lawyers for all this. The way the smart contracts work, it goes on, it stays on, and you've got a proof of where it's gone from and where it's gone to with your wallet addresses. So not going into too much detail because I don't want to confuse everybody, but the further you look, the more you think, oh my goodness, I don't even need to pay the lawyers to do all the... No, you don't have to because the smart contract's there to facilitate that expensive
0: part of the whole process. So let me ask you one more question about the tokenization before we get to smart contracts, because that's actually a question I, I wanted to ask you. So tokenization at least today, it doesn't happen on a stock exchange. It's not like you can go to the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ and do this. It has to be on what is still called an exchange, but it's a crypto exchange. Yep. So we've got new exchanges coming up for for security tokens
1: at the moment. One notable one is coming out of Malta, a really, really star-studded team of Australian, well, the CEO is Australian, set up one of Australia's biggest brokerage platforms here. Resigned as being CEO of that and is now setting up the multi digital exchange. And again, because it's such an early stage in this ecosystem, there's a lot of work still to be done. So, what I don't want people to think is that they can just, yay, let's go out and liquidate all of our properties or part thereof and let's go and do this. Marco, Marco, let's do it. You run the chip, beat the drum, we'll follow you. There's still a lot to be done. Okay. But this is the future of what is coming. So, there is still things being done, but because of the legitimacy of the regulation around the word security and the security token and the fact that it's backed by an underlying asset class, whether that be a business, whether that be a property, whether that be a commodity, it's getting some momentum. And I know a lot of people right now will be looking at the, you you know—you might've seen the Bitcoin price over the last 12 months and gone, (laughs) those fools. And you know what? It has fallen a long way. It really has but I don't think it's going anywhere. Blockchain certainly isn't. Blockchain is pretty much the sexiest word in business at the moment. It's the new internet. Everybody's on it. It's really hard to recruit people in that space because there's such a high demand. So it's not going anywhere. And the fact that prices are down right now, well, do you want to buy on the way up or do you want to buy when it's nice and suppressed? Well, you might not want to buy it at all, but if you do, it's not a bad time to start investigating before it does its next move. And I'm very confident that will happen. Don't know when, but I'll be trading throughout that cycle for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. So smart contracts, you talk about smart contracts, the smart contracts are very cool. It's a very cool concept because it has a virtually unlimited number of uses. And today in the real estate space, we have contracts, we have agreements They're on paper, although now you can digitally sign an agreement. There's a lot of moving parts and there's always at least one middleman So how does a smart contract work? What is it? How is it different? And then answer the question of where we're going to start to see them. But what is a smart contract?
1: Look, the easiest way to describe this, and this is how I like to think about things. I'm I'm not a tech whiz. That's not my gig. I'm a trader. I'm a logical thinking human being. I'm not a coder. I don't build websites. I don't write code. But the easiest way to describe what a smart contract is, is you described all the middlemen and middle women and middle people, right? Eliminate all of those. So you basically got this beautiful process because, like I said, it is irrefutable. Once it goes onto the blockchain the smart contract has been decided and exchanged, it's irrefutable. You cannot say, no, I didn't do that. It's basically set in a digital stone. And because of the ease of which we can do this, the cost is virtually nothing. It's come away. So we see lots of platforms that are writing using smart contracts and proof of stake and proof of work that are in that sort of space as well, which I'm trying to explain it where it's not too confusing. I'll probably just keep it as it does cut out in the middle, man. You can go forward, but you can never take it off. So therefore, it's trustless. You don't need to have two lawyers in the middle arguing to say, no, he's right. No, she's right. It's just there. It exists within a locked-in distributed ledger that cannot be taken back, can't be hacked, and is basically verified by multiple computers running the code.
0: So essentially, you have a digital... Contract that has terms within that contract that need to be met. And the buyer and the seller in a real estate transaction would have to meet every one of those terms exactly as specified in order for that contract to be valid. And so, if we're talking about the exchange of goods or services or money or property, until those terms are met, every single one of them, that exchange is not going to go through. It's essentially what a title company does today here in the US, but without the people having to shuffle paper and check each of those boxes, it's done electronically. And delay two weeks because they're so busy. Absolutely correct.
1: It really is the way of the future. It's, um, it takes a lot of the annoyance. And again, it speeds things. up. I mean, if you look at property, things haven't really changed much in the last 200 years, have they? You've got paperwork. You've got to use your lawyer. You've got to use your bank. Or most people would use a bank. You've got to use someone to sell it. That You've got to have a tenant. All these things haven't changed at all. And that's the same with banking. A lot of it hasn't changed at all. Now, if you consider the taxi industry and what Uber did to taxi and what the search engine did to yellow pages or white pages or whatever your classifieds are, these are old industries that got totally changed, never saw it coming. They weren't quick enough to respond and they got taken out. Now, real estate and banking are two of the biggest, the biggest industries in the entire world, both for employment and wealth and investing, right? All those three things, which they're the three things that make the money go around, Sorry, make the world go round. Now, revolutionize those three products by making them faster, more efficient, and taking it back in our control as the people that are actually creating the market. And that's what we're set out to do. And again, coming back to the... Security token as opposed to what's out there on the smart contracts right now. Because this is security and because it's regulated, let's say that I send my smart contract to you, you receive it and it's there. Now, it's between a company and an individual. No, if I don't do a security token offer now, I'm not buying like, anything within the company. I'm buying a token that's associated with the company. Okay, So if I'm buying a token that's associated with the company, I don't have any say in the company. I don't own any equity in that company. I don't have any of the underlying asset which means that the smart contract may be there, but the company can go, yeah, but so what? Who's going to do anything about it? So there's still issues right now. You bring that regulation in through the use of a security token and you can go, well, if somebody says that to me, you can do exactly what they would do today outside of tokenization and go up to your local MP or senator or government or whatever you want to call it and go, hey, these guys are breaking the law and you've got that back in your power again now. So the smart contract with the regulation around the security tokens, really locks that
0: up into a perfect little housing for this market to really move and be legitimized. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if you're aware of this, but in the U.S., we have title insurance here, right? I don't know if you have that in Australia. But title insurance has grown to be, get this, a $15 billion revenue per year industry. There are a lot of title policies being written every year in the U.S., And the whole idea of title insurance is it's to ensure that the buyer has clear title and the property is free and clear of liens and debts. What's interesting is a lot of people see title insurance as being, you know, one of the biggest frauds (laughs) out there. A lot of people will claim it's unnecessary. But with what you're saying, if you have title on the blockchain and it's essentially a smart contract every time real estate is bought and sold and all the boxes are checked, figuratively speaking to make sure that there are no liens and debts and the title is clear, it's not clouded title, it almost renders title insurance and maybe even title companies completely useless. So what do you see happening here? Will title insurance be the first major industry to get displaced or eliminated?
1: So this is the beautiful thing about having these conversations with people like yourself, Marco, is that the light bulb switches on, right? Once you start to see what this can actually do, once you start to understand the ramifications Of the proper use of blockchain technology and distributed ledger technology and the regulation around that, look at what you're coming up with. Mate, go and do it because it sounds like a perfect fit. So there's a lot of things that we're a long way off in this space, right? There's a lot of things that need to be developed. It's going to take time. And that's the right way to do things so that people don't get hurt, people don't get ripped off, things grow slowly. Look at the internet.com, you know, the first one in 93, 94, right? There's a lot of projects right then that had the right ideas. It was too early. Like globe.com. I just watched Valley of the Boom recently, which is like a little show on the rise of the internet. Globe.com was trying to be the first Facebook. Facebook did a better Facebook one. All right. So there's a lot that needs to still be done. There's a lot of people doing a lot of building in this space. But as you can see, like what you just said, it makes absolutely perfect sense. There's entire industries that are going to be wiped out, but also entire industries that are going to be created. And the best thing about it is it's all based on bringing it back to you, the individual. It's not about big companies having these monopolies, running these legal frauds. It's about individuals being able to have access to do things. And you can be a one-man team, so to speak, if we can get everything into the place where we can effectively just do it without having to involve everybody. And that's what this blockchain movement and crypto and all of this Bitcoin and That's what the original vision was. And we're 10 years into Bitcoin now. And we're probably, I guess, two or three years into real blockchain growth projects. So projects that are building on the blockchain and trying to get that adoption going. And I think in the next five years, we're going to see a huge amount of products that's going to wipe or just change the way that we
0: do things. So on what you just said, there's opportunities everywhere. I agree with what you just said. Do you see other areas or what other areas do you see in the real estate space being affected or displaced? Is there other low-hanging fruit in this industry for blockchain? That's a good question. I mean, for me, I've been focusing more
1: on the investor because that's what I do, right? I'm an investor. I'm a trader. I've never been in real estate offering products as such. The only one I've got is the lending. But I'm sure that there would be. For me, it's more about how do we give access to a market that's blue ocean, i.e. the people that would love to be in there's a a lot of people that have read like rich dad poor dad that won't be able to buy a house with the current system but they want to be a part of it they just feel left out now we bring those people into the market what's it going to do if we can build a bigger market faster then all it should do is help to grow the economies of the world grow the portfolios of the people invested and make it a much more transparent and distributed wealth which we just don't have right now. The rich get richer and the poor can't catch up at speeds we've never seen before. So my focus is really how can we create that ecosystem where everybody can grow together. That's part of why I'm doing the education with the trading side of things because you don't need to have lots of money to be a trader. You don't have to have a PhD. You don't have to go to university. you just got to be taught exactly what to do in a step-by-step process. It's much more interesting for me to focus on bringing that new blue ocean focusing on the individual products just because that's who I am. So I'm sure there is low-hanging fruit. I
0: think you just found one, but it's not my focus at the moment. So there's a lot of people who want to get started in real estate investing. And I'm thinking about those people who are new, what we sometimes call newbies. They're saving up to get their first down payment for their first property or maybe a down payment for their next property. So they don't have enough to buy that first or next property, but they have enough to maybe start investing in real estate through tokenization, through the blockchain. So I guess that might be a good thing. I'm trying to think of how this could be a bad thing. It's not direct ownership, or maybe it is. I'm not sure if you can consider that direct ownership, because if you hold title to a piece of property, it is. Yeah, I would suggest that it would be very similar to that of owning a share.
1: So you own the amount of shares that you own, okay? If you're like with an REIT, like a REIT, right? You own the chunk of that fund that you own. Now, it might be 0.0000000001, but you own that part and you are responsible for that part and you'll get dividends based on that part. You'll get your yield based on that part. I see security tokens being pretty much exactly the same in that regard, and that's the way that they're sort of being set up. And for those that are sort of considering that, well, you're on the fence or maybe you're three or four years from your first deposit, hopefully, and you hope the market doesn't get away from you because it might extend it out to four or five, six, seven, depending on how fast prices move and what the lending restrictions end up being with your deposits and whatnot, I would suggest to start looking at blockchain. Start Googling things like security tokens. You know, Start learning about the space. Jump on my podcast and listen to the sort of people that I'm interviewing. Start to go down the rabbit hole. There's a lot to learn. Don't rush. Take your time. If you've got a small amount now, then it's going to take you quite a while to build your portfolio to achieve your goals. Now, with someone like your help, Marco, I'm sure they're going to be able to achieve those in in shorter periods of time. If you can learn first, because education is the most important bit, if you can learn first what this security token space is about, you might just find something that will surprise you. Because if you think of it this way, if we're going to, well, the security token industry, the tokenization industry, if they're going to securitize most things, most asset classes. And you're somebody that, for example, gets into this Aspen Hotel at an early stage. Now, as that blue ocean market comes in, there's a flood of new money that comes in. It basically takes the investment population from the top 0.5% and extends to the top, let's say, 10% of the world. Now, that's a 10-time growth market just based on percentage. Right? It's a 10-time growth market. So if you're holding some good security tokens, for example, in this wonderful Aspen property, its value went from $300 million totally to a billion. There's options around that as well. So you've always got to be educated and know where you're going to get your best bang for your buck with your smallest possible risk.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. So it could be argued that the blockchain and this technology and tokenization could potentially affect every aspect of real estate, not just title and title insurance and the escrow companies, but the securitization of the asset, maybe inspections, homeowners associations and how they tie into properties. I guess the benefits that come out of this are the transparency because it's a public ledger so people can see what's there. So there's transparency. It could eliminate or reduce the number of intermediaries, the people in the middle transactions would certainly happen faster. So we eliminate the delay of human involvement. It happens almost instantly. And hopefully it lowers costs because the friction goes away. So we'll have a lot less cost in the transaction process. So you've ticked all those boxes.
1: So from all those things that you just said, like you choose one of those and it's great. You add all of them together You can kind of see why so many people are putting so much time into building and developing in this space because when you explain it the way you did through those bullet points of positives for you as the individual, and businesses can create this ecosystem that they're going to profit from as well, you can see why this whole industry is really, really gaining momentum. It's not if, it's when. And it's happening now.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. So last quick question. We don't have to go into depth on this. It's just it's related because when you talk about cryptocurrencies, a form of exchange, it's built on blockchain technology. I mean, you think of the most famous one being Bitcoin. It was built on probably the more important thing. It's not the cryptocurrency. It's the blockchain technology that's really at the heart of it all. But there are literally dozens, if not hundreds, of cryptocurrencies out there. And there there were even some that made an attempt at being focused exclusively on real estate. And I invested in that one, and it fell apart. The SEC went after them, and they basically shut their doors, and they had to refund everybody's money back. Well, that's good. I did that. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. So. My question to you, and you don't have to give a detailed answer here, just to touch upon cryptocurrency. Do you think cryptocurrencies themselves will ever be made part of real estate transactions? You deal in the Aussie dollar, we deal in US dollars, et cetera. Is cryptocurrency going to be part of this equation? It's already being part of the equation. So let's say
1: somebody in Indonesia wants to buy into the Australian market. It might be difficult to send and wire and do all that bits and pieces. Well, with something like Bitcoin, one wallet to the next, you can send a billion dollars if you want straight through, straight arriving into the wallet address and then I can bring that into Australian dollars and away I go. If you consider the cost that it is for banks, like if I say they've got $100,000 in my bank right now, I can't just walk into the bank today and go, I want my $100,000 cash. They'll go, well, we probably don't have that much in the bank right now. We're not going to give you all that. It's like, well, but it's my money. Yeah, but you can't have it. But it's my money. Like why? It's my goddamn money. The other thing that we saw in Australia was that a lot of Australian banks, the big four, If you were doing anything in crypto, they'd shut your bank account down. Hang on a second. Now you're regulating what I can do with my own money? So the banks have got far too much control. They're too slow. They're too expensive. And it's just a pain in the ass. If you've ever done any travel, right? Look at when you go from Australia to the US. I was in New York in May to get money out. They're charging me an arm and a leg. The spread on that is insane. Like it really is hundreds of points away from the actual market, and they hit you both sides of it. So yeah, it's already happening. There's cross-border transactions. And, and for anyone who's sitting there going, oh, yeah, the bad guys, the fraud, yeah, that happens. But the US dollar is by far the biggest fraudulent, you know, nefarious dealings uh, currency in the world. Because of the way that things are set up now, which is AML, anti-money laundering, and KYC, know your client, Any new accounts that are opened, there's absolute transparency from wallet to wallet. If the federal bureaus of wherever you are wish to find you, they can. Okay? It's already being used. It's a method of transaction. The millennial demographic use it a lot and have a big interest in blockchain cryptocurrency. Okay? Now, for me, this is the next generation. It's a big demographic. They're educated. They're the baby boomers kids. They're educated they're the leaders of the future, they're the CEOs, the your presidents, the your prime ministers, they're all these people. They have got crypto on the brain. They are using it. They're tech savvy. They grew up with Instagram in their hand and Facebook on their computers, right? They are far more tech savvy. They are open to change. They're sick of watching all the old people with all the money. This is rolling out whether we like it or not. May as well get on board. Follow that massive demographic. And I think Even if it takes a little bit longer, I think that alone is going to drive this because the young people don't want the old people having all the control forever.
0: Right, right. You have to adapt. You have to follow the change because change is the only constant. So you have to just go with the times. So we are where we are, and this is going to change. So, yes, blockchain is transforming real estate the way we know it. Some people see it coming. Some people don't, but it's going to affect all of us. Craig. Great stuff. I appreciate your time today. Do me a favor, tell our listeners how they can find you and get more information about what it is you do and the information you have.
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks very much, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure being on the show. And I hope I've got a few people scratching their heads going, okay, opening the minds of a few of your, uh, your listeners and viewers. So uh, where you can find more information on me, what I do is quite simply TraderCobb.com. That's C-O-B-B. I won't let the accent get in the way and you type in COD. So TraderCobb.com, we've got a bunch of free content there. Sign up there and you'll get free courses from me. It's pretty straightforward. On Facebook, you can follow me, Craig Cobb. On Twitter, at TraderCobb. Of course, we've got the YouTube page as well. And the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is where I interview a lot of really big guests in the space, some of the biggest names in the crypto and blockchain industry. So you can find all of the socials and everything on
0: TraderCobb.com. Beautiful. Interesting stuff. I find crypto very fascinating. So do I. <laughs> it is part of our future and it is here today. So, hey, Craig, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure, Mark. Thank you so much. Good stuff. That wraps it up for today. If you feel overwhelmed by the whole thing of blockchain and cryptocurrency, don't worry about it. It is here and it is here to stay. It will change all industries. So, It's just something that we're going to learn just like the internet was when we first heard about the internet. And now it's basically commonplace. It's everywhere. And it's something we use every day of our lives. So again, thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please remember to subscribe and we will see you on our next episode. Have a great week.